BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today, we discuss Miro. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, gathering information. You get buy-in from every team. Uh, You know, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. That's M-I-R-O.com. M-S-O-W Media. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela, and welcome to The Final Final Word! Word. The Final Word with Frangela! The Final Word. 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 Welcome to our special COVID recording, which means far, far, far away from each other. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And you know what else to welcome to? MSW Media. We're so excited as part of the Sexy Liberal family to be joining up with MSW Media. That's Muller She Wrote Media, by the way. And we want to encourage you to listen to, download, all the fabulous podcasts there and at sexyliberal.com. Yes, and we want to thank you for doing so. Check out all the great podcasts there. Uh, go go check it out. Go to MSW Media right now and check out everything there. We also want to tell you thank you 
For those of you who are Patreon subscribers, supporters, friends, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We cannot thank you enough. You are literally our incomes. So thank you. You make it possible for us to do both of our podcasts. And those of you who just joined us there, thank you. Those of us who wish you could, but can't right now, we love you too. Thank you. Yes. And you know what you can do? You can also get a specialized video from Frangela by going to cameo.com and putting in Frangela. And you know what? We can wish you a happy birthday, happy anniversary, tell your kids to go to bed. That's right. You can give a message as a gift, whatever you need. And we have a special ask for you this podcast. Please, please, please share this podcast on social media and tell your friends what you like about it, okay? You could do us a really huge, huge favor in terms of helping us get better known out there in the world. So if you can do that and take the time out when you're after you're listening to our podcast today, please share it on the social media if you have it. We'd appreciate it. Please rate us. And by rate us, I mean, give us the maximum number of stars allowed. Uh, <laughs> and say that, that this podcast will change our life because that is how we get more subscribers. And that's also how we get hopefully ads that help us all continue to have liberal media and create this community because this is a community about action and we can only create action if we come together and find each other. And this is one of the ways we do it. So please, please, please go ahead and rate us and let people know. And you can always catch us on the third hour of the Stephanie Miller show every Friday for the black power hour. What happens? That is where Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills and Stephanie Mills finds herself riding a bike inexplicably. Well, folks, the U.S. COVID-19 hospitalizations surged to record highs, okay? The U.S. COVID-19 hospitalizations rose to, and I think right now, I saw a number yesterday of 138,000 people. Um, a day? And breaking, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a day. A day. And yeah. uh, breaking the record of 132 set in January of 2021. Hear what she just said. <laughs> Hear what Francis just said. We're breaking last January's records. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, the number of people seeking care has risen steadily since December as the... Sp- Fast-spreading Omicron coronavirus variant drove new cases to record levels. I mean, I, we have been breaking a million cases a day. Yeah, it's 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 really, really bad. In fact, that's why we're remotely recording. Because yes. my my partner can't, the, the workplace he goes to, people get tested, but people are getting sick, you know? And there's a question about who's vaccinated and who's not. So- I can't be sure the way that testing works, even that that even though neither of us are showing anything, what we do know is that I can't be sure that people aren't going to that we could either of us maybe have a a mild case or m- aren't showing symptoms because we're both vaccinated. and We're also both people who had covid. So we just don't know. And right now he's like every day he came into work yesterday, Monday morning. A whole bunch of people were out. Yep. And now what they're now they're not dying, thankfully. They don't seem to be on the way to that. So far, we don't know of any of those people who are going to end up being long COVID or having many severe um to just really messed up, you know, reactions to having COVID. But they're very sick and they can't come in. And and this is the problem. You pass it on and then you give it to people who cannot fight it. You know, and I am let me tell you something. I have a kid in high school who two days a week catches the bus home, right? 
I am doing every, and I, and I told her while she was in the car with her father this morning, which she was like, but I've been catching the bus. And I was like, I don't care. I'm coming to get you. I don't want you exposed. You're already exposed at school. We can't, you know, supposedly everybody's vaccinated, supposed to be vaccinated. Everybody's supposed to, who came back to, she started back school today. And her school shares a campus with another school. Yeah. So even though the rules are specific in her school, she still has to go into a campus where kids don't necessarily have the same, aren't in alignment with her school's values and actions. And on top of it, you know, you, you know, your husband, he has severe asthma. He cannot yeah. get an upper, a serious upper respiratory infection. It's just, he right. just can't, you know? Yeah. And so on top of that, there's all the interactions that we can't help but have that we don't even know we're having, you know, exactly. like the package that gets dropped off and you pick it up right away. I, who knows? You know, so the reality here is that we're in a really bad surge situation. And again, and I think this is where we're going next here. It's because of the unvaccinated. And let's be clear. I can't freeze this. It drives me crazy because every day what I say to myself is, but we have a vaccine. We have three vaccines. You can literally pick your vaccine. And I, it is so maddening. And it is so, Joy Reid on her show this Monday, past Monday, she had on a woman who had, was, who was choosing not to be vaccinated. And she was like, instead of talking about these people, let's talk to them. Yep. Right. And see what happens. I'm going to put it on front street. I don't think Joy did a good job. No. I think she should have cut, she should have cut to the doctor right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I don't think that she gave that, that segment needed to be longer because it never really got addressed. But let's discuss what did, what we saw in this discussion, because yes. I thought it was instructive for me. Right. Well, what I saw, let me tell you what I saw. She, I saw someone who in a very American way, and this was an African-American woman, but, and I only say that because, you know, you know, every group has its issues. So this wasn't a political person, a Trumper or somebody mm -hmm. else, you know, this was a, an African-American woman. And she was saying that she felt that she had done the research. And I'm going to tell you, I am sick and tired of lay people who are who do not have medical degrees doing the research. And something that you said about one of your neighbors, a phrase your neighbor used recently, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm performing a, what did she call it? I'm, I'm an, ex an experiment. experiment. I'm performing an ex science experiment on myself. No. We call that stupid. Yes. And so I feel like what I hear people, people who are making the excuses about how, why they're not vaccinated. It's, you know, from one person, this particular perspective is, well, I've done all the research. I know what my T cell count is. I've had COVID twice. And now the second time I had it, I was able to, she, the first time she said she had it, she had it for like six weeks, was very ill. The second mm -hmm. time she got it, which meant that she didn't have the antibodies to keep her from getting it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is another thing that people, I think another excuse people use is, is, well, I've had it. So I've got antibodies and I shouldn't get it again, but she got it again. And she was, she was excited about the fact that she only had it for two weeks that time. Mm -hmm. And so joy went on to ask her, okay, 
I get that you feel fine and you feel okay. And she was saying that her family was vaccinated and boosted and this, that, and the other. But she was saying, but for myself. And she kept saying, but for myself. And Joy asked her, and this is the part I felt that Angela, she didn't drill down in to. She goes, but what about if you get sick? You passing it on to children. What about if you get sick again, you being basically a drain on the health system when you don't yeah. have to be? And I felt yeah. like those aspects didn't get answered and didn't get addressed. You're, abs- I, you're absolutely right. And and it, they absolutely didn't. And, and that was where I got frustrated right away with Joyce. She took that, I thought she took the lead way too quickly in that discussion. And she really needed to let the doctor talk. And we didn't get to the real problem um, here because the, the, here's the number one count. Francis, if I say to you, look, girl, I've done the research. Let me die and cut your hair. Yeah. I'm Are you going to let no. me do it? No, hell no. All I'm asking people. Oh, you cut your own hair. <laughs> All I am asking is that you take the same level of care for your own health and your neighbor's health that you would for a fucking haircut. Yeah. I have seen, uh, Francis, we have spent hours, months maybe even when you add it all up, trying to find the perfect taco happy hour. Yeah. I'm asking only that you, if we spent a third of the time looking into whether or not we should get vaccinated, because when people say I've done the research, no, they haven't. They've listened to anecdotal information. They haven't, they've read maybe one half an article, but that's a lie. Number two, then tell me what's a good T cell count in general. You don't know. You're just making that up. And the reality is here's my number one. And you're exactly right, Francis. I completely agree with you about how that didn't get addressed. When said to her, do you even care? Or are you concerned at all? Then not only would you get, could you the next time, since quite clearly you can't get COVID again. She was like, exactly. I can get it again, even if I'm vaccinated. And the doctor went, okay. Doctor was very clear about this. It was a a Patel. Is it Dr. Patel? Patel. She said, here's the deal. Yes, you can get it again. But it it more than likely will not kill you and way more than likely will not result in you in being in the hospital and hopefully will keep you from having long covid and all those things but we can't even we can't be sure of that um especially the the long what how it does express itself but what the vaccinations do and this i think didn't get hammered in it gives you a broader spectrum of support for other variants that we haven't seen yet Yes. The two variants we have right now, one of them, this the vaccines don't address. That's why you need to have, th- that's why you need to be careful and keep those mitigating factors like masking and social distancing and staying away from people and testing and all that in place. But on top of it, the vaccines on top of, as we're people who have had COVID and are double, you know, are all the way vaccinated and boosted, what that what that really means is that the next variant that comes along, we more than likely will be in a better position to withstand, or at least not have it hurt us as well. And she seemed to not hear that. And then when yeah. asked, do you have any concern about giving it to other people? She said, of course I do, but I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get it. And you don't know that. And here's my question. As I, this is something, Francis, will you back me up? This is a very common Angela argument. Okay, if you are not afraid of the vaccine, but you don't think it's necessary, but healthcare workers are begging you to have it. Why not just have it? It's free. So why aren't you having it? Because that's the real question. Selfishness. And this, this is the problem where we both, I think, emotionally and psychologically had a problem with that interview. Because what we didn't address, and at the at the end of the day, 
I don't care if it's about Trump and politics. I don't care if it's because you think you've had it and what have you. There is a level of self be it's this is this woman is not a bad person. She's not an ignorant person. She's that we can tell that you know what I'm saying. But but Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is is that you know on the surface. Right. She didn't come on there and saying, fuck them, fuck them, fuck y'all. Exactly. No, definitely not her posture at all. Definitely not exactly. her posture. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, but when we got to this thing about, but what about others? She really didn't have an, she didn't, she couldn't hear it. She literally couldn't hear it. And it's very hard. And I will tell you, as somebody who grew up with lawyers, but is also trying really hard not to be lawyerly in my life, it is really hard when confronted with people who are not using logic and not listening to themselves or the people that are talking to them. So when you stop and you go, okay, so what you're saying is you've gotten other vaccines quite clearly. You you participate in this world and you've never done any, have you ever done any research on any of them? Nope. You know, like, okay, no, this is different. And I get that there's a couple pieces of information that I wonder if this is part of it. Like, it seems like those vaccines came really quickly. I've heard people initially at least were saying that it's just too quick. Well, it isn't because here's the reality. The vaccine, this illness is similar to another breakout SARS. Right. So there's been years of research on SARS to come up with vaccines. So they didn't they weren't starting at zero. This is an entirely new concept. It was a novel virus, but not in terms of where it comes from. It's sort of the big rubric of this kind of virus. So it's just much more transmissible and some other issues in terms of protein coatings, which it sounds like I know more about it than I do. But the point is that at this point that that that's one of the things that remember we heard that a lot initially they came up with this too quickly well i don't know what people do or don't know about how quickly vaccines get made in general but maybe is that what people need to hear that actually this is the culmination of 20 years research like Mm -hmm. do they need to does that need to get hammered home um but at the end of the day where i really come to francis and we've been saying it for months and we're not by any means the only people saying it is nobody wanted to wear seatbelts what do you do now? You know, yep. nobody wanted to obey, obey, have speed limits. When I tell you about all the laws that you put up with without question that are about be ensuring other people's law, giving the best chance you can for your fellow citizens to survive, <laughs> you exactly. know, and all we're saying here is if you're concerned that this virus is going to harm you in any way, let's give you the information so that you can see that it won't. You know, in fact, it's my understanding that these vaccinations, these vaccines, at least at this point, are considered to be far safer than a lot of others that we get regularly. And, you know, and someone, uh, CNN posted five reasons why you should not deliberately catch Omicron to, quote, get it over with. And I think this is a really important list. One, it is not a bad cold. I watched a doctor say that. When they talk about the the words, use the words, Omicron is mild. Mild means simply that you will not, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't die if you're vaccinated. You shouldn't mm-hmm. die and be in, in, in the hospital. It doesn't right. mean that you won't have severe, severe illness. That's what mild means. Mild does not keep you from having severe illness illness it just means that you don't go to the hospital and die and let's talk about all the things below go to the hospital and die it's a lot 
It's okay. I will tell you from COVID that when we, when we had COVID, when I had COVID, I've never been that sick in my life. And yeah. that I, when it hit me, and I don't know that we've ever discussed how it went, but what happened was I was walking through my living room to my bedroom and I basically couldn't walk anymore. And I just fell to the ground and I laid there with the shakes, with the chills, so with my teeth chattering for somewhere between 20 minutes to a half an hour because I, I couldn't move. I could not move. And then it took me about a half hour to drag myself to my bedroom. And then it took me 15 minutes or so. I'm chattering the whole time to, and my, cause my phone was up on the side table, right. To get myself into the bed on top of the covers. Then I had to rest all these times. I had to rest in between for, I don't know how long And all in all, I think it took me almost two hours to get into bed under the covers, fully clothed, and then also reach my phone. And that was the beginning. It, then I was severely sick like that, dazed, confused with a horrible fever, 104 for, for uh, the first week, week, 10 days, easy, seven to 10 days, well, at least seven days of being that sick. And then it started to get better. And then after about, I'm going to say uh, at least, it was at least a month to six weeks, Francis, I think what, if that was what you said. Yes, before. Before I felt like I wasn't sick, but we were still fatigued, coughing, and having all those things for months afterwards. Yep. So they that's say, mild. Yeah, that's mild. Significant fever, body aches, swollen lymph nodes, sore throats, and heavy congestion are reported even in the mildest case uh, cases of Omicron. And they're saying people are talking about omicron like it's a bad cold it's not a bad no. cold it's a life-threatening disease okay and the pain let me tell you i have never heard that when they say pains soreness that's that's like saying like okay you know how rocky looks at the beginning of rocky 2 mm-hmm. after he's been beaten up and lost in rocky 1 that's what they mean when i tell you my arms and like it hurts so much that i consider calling an ambulance for the pain because I was able to breathe, but I was in so much pain that it felt like something was really, really, really wrong. And here's the deal. I think if I hadn't lived alone, if I'd had anybody else there, I think that person might have taken me to the hospital. But there was no yeah. way for people outside of my house, and they couldn't come in, right? You couldn't come in to know how bad it was. And I was just watching my temperature, and it started going down by a degree, like a degree a day. you know. But like it was like... I, I I can't stress this enough. What you're the the reality here is you don't know if you'll get it no matter what's happened to you. That's true. But the thing yeah. you're doing is you're giving yourself the best possible defense. Why would you have to defend yourself? If I told you somebody was coming over to your house to shoot you in the face, would you just lock your front door and then right. go, you know what? I'll sit here in the living room and watch because the front door is locked. You would do everything you could to not get shot in the face. Am I right? Yes, yes, yes. These are the things you can do. Yes. Number two, you could get long COVID. Losing your sense of smell has become a more common symptom of mild cases. And, And here's the thing. Severe forms of long COVID can damage lungs, hearts, uh, your kidneys, as well as your mental health and may qualify you as disabled under the Americans with Disabilities Act. All right. Another other uh, things that you uh, other debilitating symptoms is shortness of breath, severe fatigue, fever, dizziness, dizziness, brain fog, diarrhea, heart palpitations, muscle and abdominal pain, mood changes and sleep difficulties. I had all that when I was sick. Yep. Okay. Three, you could be spreading disease to children. 
And if you got a child or no children or anybody, if you care about, you know, you know, I, I don't want, you know, you know, I just don't think that that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I know. Wait, right, here's the thing. My niece, my eight month old niece has COVID. I didn't want to say I know, it. I, I know you didn't. And, and I'm going to say it. Um, it. My eight month niece had COVID and I'm, she's getting better. But it made me so angry because she can't do anything. And Erica, yeah. my sister and her partner, they have done, I mean, you know, friends, they, they have done everything. They do not, that child hasn't been in a house besides theirs. She hasn't been in a building. I don't even know if she knows what buildings are besides her yeah. own home and my mother's home. And everybody, we all get tested. We all were masked. We all made sure that we did every protocol, everything we could do before we've had anything to do with her. I couldn't even see her for the first three months she was alive. So the reality is... And we, and all, uh, you know, she, I, I sometimes wonder, she's always touching the phone when we zoom, you know, and because it's like, she, it's like that. She's like, why can't I touch you? You know? And, and she can't defend herself. And so she's, she started to get better, but you know, it's, they're on week two here and, and, and an infant, you know what, you know what mild means in an infant? It means that she doesn't sleep. It means yeah. that she's in pain and you know, she is, it means that, that she's had a fever and it's that finally broke, but it's like, it means that she's not eating well. It means that, you know, like, and that, that means that nobody in the house is I was so, say the stress on the parents. They're not is, sleeping. They're not exactly. eating. And, and which puts everybody in a position to get sick, you know, which lowers your ability to fight a cold or the flu or anything else. And it is infuriating. And when we were on Stephanie Miller last week talking about it, I couldn't even speak because I was so upset um, about, about it and about how I, and I look at these people and I go, do I have to put up a picture of an eight month old baby covered in sweat and lolling her head around? Cause she's un not, she just isn't, you know, coherent. She doesn't, she's not herself. Yeah. It, and it's the, not okay. And and to that point, to that point takes us to the next one, which is you'll stress the healthcare system. This baby couldn't go to the doctor. That's right. Well, you know, when a parent is, is upset and your child is sick, you know, you want to take that baby on right on in to their pediatrician. You want to get, you want to be able to, because even just walking into the pediatrician, there is a sense of pressure relief, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what did they have to do, Angela? They had to, they had to have a video, a zoom yeah. thing. And that, and on top of that, it took them, um, four days to find a test. Because all the, you know, well, the reason we're out of, and I, it absolutely, the reasons we're having trouble getting tests is because of the people who've been using testing rather than getting vaccinated. So they've been using testing as their way to get into work or get into whatever it is they want to do. Um, travel, whatever the hell where they're being semi-required to do something. And so we've run out of tests. So they literally had to wait three or four days. And then, and then what they had to be able to do was have somebody come to them. And that was very hard to get done. And they finally got it done. And then they had to wait for those results. And the results were she had COVID. And it was at that point, you know, now we're, there's nothing they can do. Right. You know, and that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. And, and right now with the health system, and to me, that was the largest, when we go back to that person that Joy was interviewing. Yeah. When we go back to that and I go, for this reason alone, number four, 
the stress of the healthcare system. Not, and I haven't even gotten to the stress of our nurses and doctors and the people That's who right. care for us and clean in the hospitals. And um, but 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 and 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 which meant they couldn't take a baby to get care. Mm-hmm. And the baby isn't making those these decisions. The baby right. can't. Okay, but you can. You can. You're not um, willing to get a vaccine potentially because maybe you're worried about what it will do to you. But do you think that maybe possibly you could take the hit instead of asking an eight month old to like, yes. because the reality is they're about to have to say, and I believe that this may happen. They're about to have to say that the, and everybody can get vaccinated because of these people, because it, it, you can't have newborns and babies who have no choice right? They, there's nothing they can do. So what do we do? You want to risk them taking a vaccine at that young age? Cause you won't. Yep. Yep. And here's the thing this past weekend, nearly a quarter or of the more than 5,000 hospitals that report into the U S department of health and human services say, said that they were suffering quote, critical staff shortage here, everybody needs to hear this. If you are sick, you you, you can't even go into the hospital. That's the, a larger number than any other time during the pandemic. That's so right. So what we're saying, that, that these people are stressed, they're getting sicker and having to be out. That means you can't go in and get any critical care. If you have a heart attack, if you- A car accident. Goes, a car accident. And then their last thing is just don't mess with mother nature. Please. I, 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 this is the phrase, you know, I've, we have a personal rule here uh, in improv, uh, you know, work to the top of your intelligence, right? Like don't pretend to not know things, you know, you don't know, you know, or to not know things you do know. And, and, and I always say to people, you know, in every class I've improv class I've ever taught. And I think you'll, you, you will echo this every single group when it gets down to doing their class show, every group comes up with the scene where it's an improv group that improvises badly. Yep. It's a natural sort of progression in your development as a, you know, as a, uh, you know, an improviser is to want to do a scene where you do improv badly. What I usually said to students was, believe me, you do that every day already. You don't need to create a scene where you improvise badly. I watch you do it every day. You don't need to do it here. But never, when I tell you, never, ever, ever, ever purposely throw something, purposely mm. do something badly, purposely go get a disease because there is no guarantee of how that's going to turn out. And I have watched people decide to improvise a scene badly and do it really well and yes. destroy their show yep. <laughs> and, like, and be ashamed and embarrassed and crying in backstage because their friends and family came to see some, them do something horrible. Yeah. Do not, that's improv. Who cares? Right. right. This is your life. That's exactly. Don't take risks with, don't lab. I'm going to tell you something in lab experiments. Mice die. Rats die. Like don't, don't do that. Don't experiment on yourself. And you know what? And we, especially in our generations and older people, we come from the people uh, that was, you know, my parents, just, you want to know how I got chicken pox? I was sent to a chicken pox party. But we don't do that anymore. We don't purposefully give people diseases. We found out that that's stupid. It's really stupid. It it just is, you guys. It's just stupid. It's it's really dumb. 
and 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 I, you know, I I'm all for being respectful and having a discussion with people, but I do think there comes a point where you have to just simply say to the person, the decision you're making is wrong and bad and selfish and horrible even. And at this and and you're the reason why we're gonna have to mandate something that we shouldn't have to. Yep. Yep. Next up, President Biden. And Vice President Harris uh, are giving to as we're speaking today, uh, as we're recording today, are are in Atlanta to give a voting rights speech. And child, let me tell you something. Mm. The black activists and black groups and people of color in uh, Georgia are not fucking having it. Thank you. The Asian Americans Advancing Justice Group in Atlanta, they said, we, this is a quote from their executive director, said, we beg you to stay in Washington tomorrow because we don't need you here in Georgia. And um, I guess Stacey Abrams, she has a, a scheduling conflict. <laughs> Fuck, girl, girl, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I've never, never seen shade like this shit in mm. my life. Bitch, I got, she told the president, she said, I got something to do. And I agree with this. I agree with this. We're going to be able, we can't obviously talk about the speech this week because of when we record. So we're going to save the discussion of what happens and then there'll be some more developments we're hoping because by next week, there should be a Senate vote according to Chuck Schumer, right? So, you know, we should have more information. But as of right now, in terms of this issue of people stepping out, this has been my position. And there are obviously people who don't agree with me about this. But I believe, Joe, you told us. Yes. You had my back, I'll have yours. And we brought you to this White House. Thank you, Angela. You know what? You know, while people were calling him Sleepy Joe, I mean, Thank none you. of us, nobody expected Joe to win that nomination. And when they, and then we took, we put him in the house. That's he what I'm fools us. And on top of it, what have I been saying every time people talk about Build Back Better and the fucking bridges? What have I said every time, Francis? I'm like, none of this will matter if we don't have voting rights. None of this will matter because it won't happen. It's stalled right now. He can't get Build Back Better done right now. And this is the problem. And I'll say it again. I've been saying it a lot, too. This White House may say that they're in favor. And this is I'm hoping what happens today is more than a speech. And it's an outright commitment. It's this White House has not put the full force of its power and weight behind voting rights and protecting voting rights, let alone expanding them, protecting them from brown, black people and working class people and college students and all the different groups, which basically it's everyone at the end of the day. Republicans don't believe in voting anymore. They're fascists, the GOP. Um, so the reality is he literally has, you. I, I been, it's the only thing that matters. None of this other stuff can happen. Fuck your bridge. It, it's not going to happen. Congress controls the purse strings. They're never going to let it happen. We and twenty twenty four is a dream. We got to get to twenty twenty two. We're you know the, the, there have been every all these states have enacted over fifty bills. You know, and there have been yeah. five hundred of them proposed bills to try to hamper and hinder not just voting access to voting because we will vote. We'll go out there and vote. We proved it here in California on the recall. That's not. It's not about getting. And I get it. Yes, we need everybody to vote, but it doesn't matter if your state legislature can overturn it. 
That's it doesn't right. matter if, if they contest it so much that they're able to drag the shit out and even pull the shit Mitch McConnell pulled at first by not sitting people so that committees weren't headed so he still had control of the of the Senate when he shouldn't have. This We will be stuck with minority rule until we have our own revolution again. And yeah. this is, it needs the full weight of the White House behind ending the filibuster. Fuck mansion, fuck cinema, stop sending them money. I'm not saying stop giving money to other Democratic candidates, but don't give money to the DCCC. That's my position, Angela V. Shelton. Make it clear with your dollars and with our efforts and our volunteer efforts that we are here to back candidates who are truly Democrats and who are truly about democracy, but not other ones. I'm I'm fucking done with this, and I agree with them not showing up. And that is our final word. And now it's time for resistance. This is where we give you an action item on top of just calling and making sure everybody knows what you feel about everything at 202-224-3121. That's the general switchboard for Congress for both houses. Um, We've talked obviously about uh, Michelle Obama, former First Lady Obama's, um, her organization, um, When We Vote, When We All Vote. They're putting back an initiative, initiative, Fight for Our Vote, urging Americans to stay focused on democracy ahead of the 2022 midterms. Thank you. Yes. And she goes on to say inside of this note, she says, we've got to vote like uh, the future of our democracy depends on it. We stand united in our conviction to organize and turn out voters in the 2022 midterm elections and make our democracy work for all of us. And I'm going to say that again. Make our democracy work for all of us. She said that last year, state lawmakers proposed more than 500 anti-voter bills infringing upon the voting rights of black, brown, and working class communities, in addition to voters with disabilities, who are always ignored, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Through When We All Vote, she hopes to recruit and train at least 100,000 volunteers throughout the year to register and turn out voters in those communities. The campaign's going to encourage 100,000 Americans to call their senators to pass the Freedom to Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, which, by the way, have overwhelming popular support. Yep. So the fact that there are people, who, elected officials who won't vote for them, those people aren't doing what you sent them there to do. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. So go, please go check out, um, go to When We All Vote and um, check out their efforts and, and look for ways that you can get involved and volunteer and not just send money, but like get involved to make calls and, and maybe start a group of people to go out and, and canvas and to make sure that you're making these calls and we're, we're being heard by our elected officials. What I know is that it took exactly two phone calls for us to decide we were voting for Biden. We got the call that this is what we were going to do. This mm-hmm. is what the nomination went down. And then I called, I called my sister. I said, we're voting for Biden, aren't we? She said, uh-huh. And then I called Francis and she, and you went, we're voting for Biden, by the way. I went, I know Erica told me. <laughs> because I was going to, I wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. Really badly. But this is the thing. It wasn't, it, it didn't, it couldn't happen. And then I got Kamala, so I felt a lot better. But the point is, we we can't wait for 2024. Yes. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangeline. Thank you so much for listening to The, the Final Word. Today, we discuss Miro. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. 
I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, gathering information. You get buy-in from every team. Uh, you know, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. That's M-I-R-O dot com.